You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, episode number 281. Warren G. Harding, part three. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, when we last left off, Warren G. Harding was setting sail. Well, not really sail, but he was going off on a voyage <laughs> of understanding. And it kind of sounds like he should be setting sail like a voyage, but you know, he, he didn't travel entirely by boat, but certainly did do uh, some, you know, went through the Panama Canal and stuff like that. So here he goes off to learn about the United States. Yeah, kind of sounds like me, except I hope I don't die. Oh, um, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, he's going everywhere. So unlike some of the presidents that we've heard about, you know, the ones that are so driven that their doctors are like, dude, chill out. And the president goes, no, I'm going to press forward. And then they, then they die. <laughs> Harding was a little bit of the opposite. His advisors are like, Hey dude, you need to go and visit the country and, you know, understand things and people, places and all that good stuff. <laughs> Harding's like, oh man, I think we need to chill a little bit. So he does. And that seems good. He's up at the Alaska territory and doing his thing. He, um, you know, goes on a boat, the USS Henderson, which takes him up there. It's kind of like the precursor to an Alaskan cruise, right? Yeah. And he's touring Vancouver, uh, BC, which means that he's the first sitting U.S. president to visit Canada, eh? And uh, the mayor comes out, and I'm sure if you know the prime minister of Canada came to your town, Ben, you would come out and say, "Hey, sure." Uh, so that's what happens, and he speaks to a huge crowd, and goes up towards some things. Probably has the buffet. You think they had a buffet on their cruise? I would say they had good food. I don't know if it was a buffet, but it was probably yeah. good. I'd like to think so. Uh, goes to Seattle and gives a speech in front of a lot of people there. And he's speaking and he's like, you know what? Alaska is going to become a state one day. And everybody's like, yay, that'll be awesome. I wonder what the flag <laughs> will look like. And uh, he travels down to San Francisco and then I'll let you give the news. So Harding goes to bed early on the evening of July 27th, 1923. And earlier that night, he had given a speech at the University of Washington. Well, that would go on to be his last speech. Uh, he calls for his physician, his doctor, uh, who was traveling with him. And he says, hey, I'm having some pain in my upper abdomen. And the doctor's just like, yeah, you probably have gas or like, do you have to like fart or anything? And 
Harding's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's worse than that. And there's another doctor there who suspects he has a heart problem. And so they uh, hop on a train the next day to go to San Francisco. Harding starts to feel a little better, and uh, he decides he wants to walk from the train to the car. As soon as he gets in the car, they rush him over to the Palace Hotel, and he uh, gets sick again. He's not feeling well, and the doctors said, okay, not only do we think you have a heart problem, we also think you have pneumonia. And today, you know, pneumonia is, it's not fun, but you probably aren't going to die from it as long as you have good antibiotics and everything. Well, they didn't have good antibiotics, and they didn't 100% understand all the things that we understand now, which makes me think sometimes, Jason, like in 100 years, are people going to be like, oh, well, they wouldn't have died from X if they had known the things we know now. Like that's yeah, really interesting for sure. About. So anyway, they he is uh, he's just resting in his hotel room, um, and they try a couple things, seems to improve a little bit, and then they try. Then he gets worse again. They try him again, and then he gets worse again. So he during that time had released some different foreign policy decisions. Um, people were interested in what he had to say. The press was taking things and things were good people liked what he had to say later that night uh, they had harding sit up in bed and he was listening to his wife listen uh reads something from the saturday evening post and he says you know that's good read some more and those are the last words he ever spoke Um, his wife had continued reading and harding collapses in bed and they try to revive him but they're just unable to do so and they announced President Harding is dead at 57 years old. Keep in mind that at this point, Harding is really popular. The nation is shocked. They're just like, what in the world just happened? This guy who seemed to be, you know, strong leader and respected, and he's traveling all over the place. He's dead. And so newspapers are like, we got to get his body back to to Washington D.C. from San Francisco, and they publicize the fact that you know his funeral train is going to be going across the country. So, nine million people they estimate lined the railroad tracks between San Francisco and Washington D.C., and you had people attending his funeral, um, such as people like Thomas Edison and. Henry Ford and Harvey Firestone. There were just a lot of dignitaries there. They have the procession kind of like with Lincoln's funeral where they um, put the casket on a horse-drawn hearse and you've got the new president, President Coolidge and Chief Justice Taft uh, following behind. So everybody is sad. You know, the president, very popular man, is dead. This is the first time, Ben, that I have really heard of somebody who they're more popular in life than they are in death because things begin to really change regarding Harding's legacy shortly after he dies. You've got the teapot dome scandal, which we've talked about in previous episodes. You've got different uh, things going on that were a little shady in the justice department. You've got Uh, some controversies going on with the Veterans Bureau. And yeah, you can go and uh, read about those 
tantalizing scandals, but there's nothing more scandalous than his personal life. And what had been going on for many a year prior to him even becoming president? Yeah, he had been having an affair with Carrie Fulton Phillips uh, from Marion, Ohio. And it ended in 1920, but it had been going on for 15 years. And so after he passes away, the biographer that was going to, you know, pick up some some information and everything about him to write a book found this out in 1963, uh, found some of his, uh, some of the correspondence between he and Carrie Phillips. And really before that, like nobody really knew about the affair. It wasn't like it was kind of a, an unknown or, or an unspoken secret like you have with some other presidents um, in the past that, you know, people know that they're not quite faithful, but they don't really talk about it. But this just wasn't known. And they found out later. And some people were like, we need to destroy those letters. The Ohio Historical Society uh, ha- had taken possession of them uh, through donation. And some people say, you know, we have to destroy them to keep his integrity intact. And other people were like, no, we want to keep them. Like even his his heirs said, we have the copyright over them and we want to decide what to do with them. Well, uh, ultimately in 1971, they ended up donating the letters to the Library of Congress and they were sealed until just recently, 2014. So just, you know, four years ago or so. There were some things before that that historians had used from different other papers that were really able to tell that this affair had gone on. And yeah, there's just some things that are not so good. And there's also the possibility that Harding had uh, a mistress. We're pretty sure that he had a mistress uh, named Nan Britton. And she claimed that her daughter had been fathered by Harding. And so this is, you know, doing a lot to destroy President Harding's reputation, uh, especially over the decades after the fact. So you can imagine that, like like Jason said, very popular man while he was alive. And then not only just like right after, but in the years after, the decades after, as recently as now, we're finding out more and more about Harding's personal life that's not really that admirable. Yeah. And the letters <laughs> they, you know, unsealed in 2014 are quite explicit. We're not going to get into that, but they're, they're there for your Googling pleasure. So yeah, like Ben said, you know, up until now, we're uncovering more and more about Harding's legacy. Uh, just in 2015, they took some DNA uh, comparisons between uh, Warren Harding and Elizabeth Ann Blazing. And uh, yeah, it looks like he's her dad. So it's very easy to look back at Harding's life and be like, okay, this guy was living a lie. He seemed to be doing well. All was well with his legacy up until after he passes on. And it looks like he was kind of a creep to his wife. And uh, that's very sad. Somebody said then that Grover Cleveland, he had an affair or he had a child out of wedlock. I'm sure a lot of the presidents did have affairs and and so on. But um, I think the thing with Cleveland was he fessed up to it. He's like, I'm not sure if I'm the dad or not, but 
at least he was willing to take responsibility and pay child support and so on. Looks like Harding was just trying to cover things up. Yeah, who knows what would have happened had he lived longer, but definitely the fact that with Roosevelt, you knew about it, he talked about it, he admitted it, you could get by it. With this, it's kind of like that, you know, when when you don't really have that resolution when someone passes away, whether it's an argument you've had or whether it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a case where they can't find the body or something like that. Like, there's a sense of resolution that you can't get, and that is definitely the case with a lot of people with Harding. Fortunately, his wife, uh, well, not fortunately she passed, but fortunately she wasn't aware because she passed just the year after him. Uh, so she didn't have to endure that, you know, that thought of him being unfaithful to her. But yeah, definitely a really weird instance, a weird case, because we can look back at his presidency and still think like, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good time. People enjoyed what he did and had to say. Um, but now we kind of look on him with this weird weirdness. There's It, it exists. And yeah, so that's that's an interesting story that's a kind of a case study too and like how we um how we really assess people and when we find out things about them and whatnot yeah and it's almost the end of an era um with the harding presidency because he kind of bucked the progressive system that was going on with the presidents you know you've got uh roosevelt taft and then wilson each of them shook up the presidency in different ways. And Harding was almost a blast from the past and the way he conducted himself in public, that is. But things are about to change. But I'm going to leave you with this little cliffhanger. We still have another week or so of talking about the Harding administration. Um, but after that, it's Silent Cal. And I'm really excited about Silent Cal because he doesn't get a lot of credit uh, where it seems like credit might be due, but I'm jumping the gun a little bit. <laughs> hey, if you think credit is due to Election College, you should head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice little review. Uh, you can leave us a rating, uh, hopefully five stars, but if not, at least leave a little review telling us why. And anybody who wants to can leave us a little review, just a few words saying why you like the podcast. It is helpful to us. It does mean a lot. And it really helps us out in the rankings as well. The other thing that really helps us out is if you go to our Amazon link, uh, you can go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon. Honestly, anything you buy, uh, with very few exceptions, will get a percentage of it. It won't cost you even a penny more than what you're already paying. You'll just be taking that money away from Jeff Bezos. And that's what we all want, right? We, we want Ben and Jason to make Jeff Bezos kind of money. <laughs> hey, and speaking of uh, Jason and Ben your buddies, your virtual cousins. We are, you know, in this Facebook group, this community that we have. And yeah, Ben and I have been busy doing a lot of things lately, but we are monitoring that group and seeing what's going on. We enjoy the conversations that have been taking place. We'd love for you to join us there. If you go to electioncollege.com slash group, go ahead, jump in. If you see something that's really cool, if you know something that is awesome about presidential history or U.S. history in general, go ahead, uh, throw in some links and comments in there and interact with other Election College listeners. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.